This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey everyone, welcome to Round Ball Stew. I am Matt Straub. It is Monday, August 2nd. Free agency starts in the National Basketball Association at 6 p.m. Eastern today. And we have a lot of news and rumors to discuss already. We'll be looking at the latest on Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, and more. All of that is coming up in just a second. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. As we welcome in everyone listening on the podcast and watching live on YouTube, I'm joined by Steve Alexander. Ryan Knaus, a late scratch for this one. Check back on NBC Sports Edge for further updates. Steve, how are you? I am well. How are you? I'm well, thank you. I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back in the saddle. Feeling good. Yeah. Yeah. We've missed you. We've missed you. And I'm glad you're back in your Trey Young jersey. I feel like that's an appropriate garment to return in. So I'm, I'm happy to see that as well. You know, one of the things uh, I've been pondering is where, where did the jerseys go? And the fact that you can't just go out and buy a jersey anymore is something I, it, it's bothering me a little bit. I, I think I was taking jersey availability for granted, maybe. And, uh, I don't like it. I don't like the fact that I can't go buy a jersey if I want to. And strangely, possibly a correlation, you might argue, Steve, between our heightened interest in jerseys here on this podcast and the disappearance of jerseys around the globe. Yeah, we were doing our best to hype the jersey market. I'm sure we were influencing. <laughs> we we're influencers in the jersey world. We were big time. We were probably selling a lot of jerseys, making people money, and then one day we wake up and decide we were going to go get jerseys and they're we're buying these weird capella mp3 fake jersey things i don't even know what's going on yeah i mean i'm pretty happy with my capella uh t-shirt which it's more of a t-shirt than it's kind of a t-shirt slash jersey but yeah it is strange and because i do feel like if there's one thing we're influencing maybe even more than the fantasy basketball market it's the jersey market and now that market's up in smoke steve so i don't know we're gonna have to talk to the suits about this one maybe well, the bottom line is we need some round ball stew shirts um, one way or the other. 
Well, no question. I would argue we need round balls to jerseys. I'm going to say it. Name and number on the back. That's what we need. Hey, Ed. Ed. Let's talk. Ed. Ed. Okay. Tuck. Uh, all right. NBA free agency officially begins at 6 p.m. Eastern today. That's Monday. We're sitting down for this podcast at noon on Monday or just thereafter. So by the time you hear this, it's quite possible some or a lot of this has already changed. But we're going to do our best to jump into the latest news as of right now and hopefully hit some topics that carry forward and are still relevant if you're listening to this a day or two down the road. So why don't we start, Steve, with some news from Monday morning that according to Adrian Wojnarowski, the Heat are the favorites to land one Kyle Lowry. Now, a few things to consider here, Steve. Number one, this is again per Woj. This could be a sign and trade deal where Goran Dragic and Precious Achua go to the Raptors from Miami with Dragic potentially moving on to a third team, and that could be Dallas, a little Slovenia, Luka, and Dragic connection there. Also, Steve, Kyle Lowry at 35 years old is looking for an annual salary starting at $30 million, with the Mavs and the Pelicans also reportedly in the mix. First things first, as we will learn throughout this podcast, it is a great time to be a point guard in your mid-30s in the NBA, apparently, Steve. What are your thoughts on Lowry possibly going to Miami as that looks like the front-runner destination? Yeah, I don't know why, but I kind of feel like that one is going to happen. I kind of feel like Kyle Lowry is going to play for the Heat. I think he wants to go play with Jimmy Butler. It seems like the Heat have put a lot of thought into this deal and, and try to put the pieces in place that are going to make it happen. I don't know why you want to go from an ancient point guard to another ancient point guard right now from Goran Dragic to Kyle Lowry. It doesn't really seem like a winning formula to me, but then again, Chris Paul came pretty darn close to doing it. He's about the same age. It's Kyle Lowry, so it's kind of weird. I, I'm not fired up about drafting Kyle Lowry in my fantasy leagues this year, regardless of where he ends up. Once you hit a certain age, there's just not a lot of upside left out there, especially for point guards, and, and I feel like Lowry has hit that age. Well, in a sense, he has, and I'm double-checking. Yeah, I mean, he was a borderline top 50 guy in nine-category fantasy leagues this year, just outside the top 50. And with Lowry and with Chris Paul, who we're going to talk about in a minute, they are outliers in that these guys have been fantasy-relevant guys for an incredibly long time, high-level fantasy players. One of these years, the cliff is going to come. But don't you think, Steve, that the NBA team that is going to pay him $30 million for the next couple of years, they believe that Lowry's got a couple of good years left, obviously. So should we not trust them? Uh, you can. <laughs> we probably can trust them. I mean, I don't think Lowry's going to fall off, fall off a cliff and and suddenly be useless. He's pretty good at staying healthy. So I think Lowry would be a solid, you know, fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. But the chances of him having a big season, I just don't think are are great. I feel like I'm destined to end up with Kyle Lowry in all of my fantasy leagues until he retires. Because what happens is I've been a Lowry fan, and especially in fantasy, going back to you know his Houston days. He In my drafts nowadays, he's there in the middle rounds. Nobody wants him. And I'm just thinking to myself, this guy's still a very good fantasy player when he's healthy. So I just end up doing it. I assume it's going to happen again this year. I don't even remember Kyle Lowry in Houston. Like I think I, I blacked out that part of his career. That part of your life? Lowry and Dragic were both in Houston together and now may be traded for each other. It's crazy. 
there were some fun times. Go, well, don't really do it. But if you're really bored, it's it's August. If you're really bored, go back and look at some of those Lowry, Dragic, Houston game logs. There were some stretches where I really was enjoying that as a fantasy manager. But that was a long time ago. It's starting to come back to me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's talk about the fallout for this in Toronto. So we're assuming Lowry is probably gone. Do you think, Steve, the Raptors could go, you know, carry over this idea of a small backcourt? They were willing to do it with Fred Van Vliet and Kyle Lowry. Could they do that with Malachi Flynn and slot him into that Lowry role? Or is that wishful thinking in your mind? Have you given this one any thought? I have not spent a lot of time with this one, Matt, but I do like the Malachi Flynn, Fred Van Vliet potential pairing like that just sounds fun to me and let's let's get the old man out of the way let's let freddie van vliet van vliet fully blow up into a fantasy all-star and let's let malachi flynn you know there aren't many cooler names in the nba than malachi malachi flynn so i'm all for it i i want to see it and you know one one piece of this that we may find out soon how what that's going to impact that is the status of Gary Trent Jr who's a restricted free agent. If he's back in Toronto maybe he takes a lot of those shooting guard minutes and some of those shooting guard minutes from Flynn or Van Vliet or vice versa. So that's a domino that we need to keep an eye on as free agency opens later on Monday. If you're ready Steve, we'll move on to another mid 30s point guard. Are you ready? Yeah. That would be Chris Paul has reportedly declined his 44 million dollar player option. And as I said to Raphael Johnson the other day, imagine having so much success in your life that you could say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to pass on that 44 million for this year <laughs> and get something better. What a I mean, congratulations first of all, right? <laughs> to be to be able to say that at age 36. I mean, that's amazing. First of all, that's just an achievement in and of itself, not not fantasy basketball related. I just have to marvel at that for a second. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. And what a year, what a playoff run Chris Paul had. And, you know, all reports are that he's going to resign with Phoenix Suns. And I, I think because he is not Kawhi Leonard or a guy like Kawhi Leonard, I fully trust that that is what's going to happen. And, you know, I don't think Phoenix feels like they're, they're done yet. They have unfinished business from this season and, you know, I, I would be shocked if Chris Paul's not back running the point in Phoenix next year. It sounds that way. And, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski again reports there is optimism that Chris Paul and the Suns will reach a new deal after he opted out. So we talked about Lowry and you said you are not going to draft him in fantasy, Steve. Will you approach a 36-year-old Chris Paul differently? First of all, I, I'll tell you my thoughts after you uh, state your case for or against drafting CP3 and maybe where you would consider doing it if you would consider doing it. Um, I'm probably not drafting CP3. And I, I haven't drafted CP3 for like 10 years. I've always been scared of his knees. Right. I've always been scared of his age. I've always been scared of his frailty. And he proves me wrong every single year. Yet I keep you know doing the same thing over and over again and ignoring him in my fantasy drafts. So I'm probably not messing with Chris Paul in fantasy. I could see me using him in DFS time to time and night to night, but probably not going to be drafting him in season longs. All right. I'm going to try to make the case for drafting Chris Paul in a season long fantasy league because I had a hunch that you were going to go that direction. So for starters, with all the concerns about age and injury, he has missed a total of four 
regular season games the last two seasons. That would be two this year and two the year before. He was 18th overall in nine category leagues this past season, around 16 and a half points, four and a half rebounds, nearly nine assists, 1.4 steals, 1.5 threes. He shot 50% from the field, 93 from the line, Steve. And I looked it up on the old stat head, the basketball reference stat head. And this past season, there were four players who averaged better than 15 points, four rebounds, eight assists, one steal, and one three. Those players were Nikola Jokic, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, and Chris Paul. So at some point, I think you're getting a tremendous discount in your fantasy league because of past injuries and his age and just that feeling of there's no way he could do it another year. (laughs) So am I going to draft him inside the top 20? Absolutely not. But if I get to the third round of a 12-team league, it's pick 36 and somehow Chris Paul is still there. I don't know that he will be. But if I get close to that spot, I think I'm going to have a hard time saying no, Steve. I think he's I think he's got another year or two left of this. He's just he is just an outlier, I think. I, I'm fully convinced. I cannot wait for you to start your fantasy drafts off. LeBron James, Kyle Lowry, Chris Paul. It's going to be awesome. Um, you will have nobody in their 20s, nobody sniffing their 20s on your rosters. And um, I, I can't wait to see how that works out for you. First of all, I will not do that. There's no way Kyle Lowry would be the second pick. I'm not I'm not going that far. But it would be fun to approach one fantasy league this year and say, I'm only drafting guys over 30. And I will only roster guys over 30 and just see if you can contend with that team. The problem is I don't really experiment like that because I, I want to win too much. I don't think I would go that far. But maybe someone should do that. It would be fun to draft an all-old guy team. It would be. Kick it off with Jimmy Harden in round one. Uh-huh. Durant. Some Chris Paul in round two or three. Yeah, it'd be kind of fun. But like you said, it's hard. It's it's fun to talk about doing stuff like that. But then once once that draft is actually in your face, you want to win. You don't want to get too experimental and crazy, um, especially the, the leagues we play in. It's dumb. I would argue drafting Chris Paul is not experimental or crazy at this point. I mean, like, again, if you can get him as your third player, I think potentially that's a winning proposition for you. It might be. That's all I'm saying. All right, we're going to take a very quick break, but more free agency news to come. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. 
Hear the Olympics like you've never heard them before with the Podium and NBC Olympics podcast. Follow along with host Lauren Shahadi as we bring you deep into the stories and behind the curtains each day during the Tokyo Olympics. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Steve, those were the two big ones we wanted to hit at the start, but also some other news we wanted to discuss here. In LA, Chris Haynes of Yahoo reports that Kawhi Leonard is going to decline that player option of his of $36 million, become an unrestricted free agent himself, also reportedly expected to sign with the Clippers. So a similar situation to Chris Paul in that regard. And with the ACL surgery, Steve, we're really not expecting to see Kawhi Leonard much, if at all, this year. So, I mean, he's he's off my fantasy radar for most of this season, Steve, just based on the likely timeline. So we're really almost just looking ahead to maybe the playoffs or next year, right? Yeah, he's off my fantasy radar forever, I think. I, I not not a CP3 guy. And this whole he's expected to go back to the Clippers thing, I, I'm not taking that with a grain of salt. Like, I'm not assuming that's just a done deal. This is Kawhi Leonard we're talking about. He was unhappy with the Clippers medical staff. I don't know how happy he was with the Clippers in general, we saw this happen with the Spurs, and we all know how that turned out. So I don't think it's just an automatic done deal that he returns to the Clippers. And also, I mean, Kawhi Leonard comes with a lot of baggage, a lot of load management, a lot of just stuff. And, you know, do the Clippers want to deal with that? You know, especially if he's not even going to play for a year. And have to pay him all this money that that he's gonna he's gonna get. I don't know, man. I kind of intrigued to see where he ends up and how this plays out because I don't know that it's just as simple as he's gonna automatically resign with the Clippers. Interesting. I mean the the Kevin Durant blueprint, what he did with Brooklyn, is certainly gonna become tempting to someone on the free agent market to say, all right, well we're just gonna pay him and he's gonna sit out basically this entire year. But look, Brooklyn if not for a couple of injuries, had the, had the formula. So, yeah, if someone's willing to pay him to sit out a year, that that may – I could see it happening, I guess. I still feel like the, the L.A. thing is probably the likely outcome. Oh, it's going to happen. It's going to happen, and it will, will probably be L.A. I mean, chances are it's going to be L.A. But then again, I, I, don't, I don't know that it's locked in stone. It's like when my wife watches that TV show Big Brother. She's like, oh, they put a pawn up. That means they're going home. It's sort of like free agency sort of feels like a whole pawn, pawn situation to me. Like, oh, yeah, he's not going anywhere. He's good. And then some team swoops in and brings the money and the noise. And then you got a situation. That sound you heard or didn't hear was that Big Brother reference sailing high over my head. I'm not a not a Big Brother guy, so I couldn't I don't know what the pawn actually means. I'm not either. You know, they put up they put <laughs> okay. up a guy that they, they supposedly they don't want to go home or whatever. And, and they end up going home. It's Survivor-esque, whatever. Gotcha. Okay, Lonzo Ball is a restricted free agent. There have been rumors of him potentially going to Chicago. Do you have any feelings about this one, Steve? And I think we finally maybe have landed on a player you are potentially excited to draft in fantasy because you are a no on Kyle Lowry or no on Chris Paul. You're a never again on Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Seems like the Pelicans should and probably will keep Lonzo Ball in all likelihood. What are your feelings on that? And what are your feelings on potentially drafting one Lonzo Ball next year? Because I do want to talk about his fantasy value as well. I've kind of been a Lonzo guy, but he never, I feel like he hasn't really, he's shown signs and he's shown flashes of brilliance. 
but he has never like lived all the way up to the hype. He's only 23 years old. So there's a long way to go here in, in this kid's career. I'm not going to shy away from drafting Lonzo Ball, but I'm not going to go out of my way to target him either. And where is he going to where is he going to end up? I don't really know. I mean, it seems like he should end up back in New Orleans, but I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't I don't know that that they want him back. There's been, been so much talk about him going somewhere else. I think Chicago Chicago sounds like a place that he could he could end up. So that'll be interesting. I think that Lonzo Ball could probably use a fresh start somewhere. I think Lonzo Ball persevered through a tough situation last year early on where Stan Van Gundy was not really letting him be the point guard for a lot of the first early part of that season for some reason. He kind of had to play a secondary off the ball role and he handled it really well. You didn't hear him complaining about it. And I thought after he kind of weathered that weird storm that he had to weather where why is Lonzo Ball just going to the corner on so many of these possessions when he's the team's best passer and playmaker, he played really well. So overall, last season, he was around 14 and a half points, nearly five boards, 5.7 dimes, a steal and a half. He had over three three-pointers a game. He shot a career best in both field goals and free throws. Now, those are not high numbers, but career best, 41.4 from the field, 78 from the free throw line. This is a guy where in fantasy leagues, we've been worried about his percentages. Those improved a lot last year. And he did miss games due to injury, 17 of them. But over his final 42 games, Steve, he averaged 15 and a half points, five boards, six assists, a steal and a half, nearly three and a half three-pointers, just 2.2 turnovers. He was inside the top 50 in nine category leagues. As you said, only 23 years old. I just feel like there is a higher ceiling than this. We saw it during the 2019-20 season where he was flirting with top 20 value. I love Lonzo Ball, and I think he's going to be not wildly undervalued in fantasy leagues this upcoming season, but at least a little bit. Yeah, I'm good with that. You love Lonzo Ball. I love him. I love him as a player. I think I think Lonzo Ball, I think he's a, a really good point guard in the making. He plays defense. He can pass. His shot has gotten a lot better. He's fixed his shooting mechanics. He plays hard. He rebounds. Like, what is not to like? And what would New Orleans <laughs> be thinking letting this guy go, honestly? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. And I, I'm uh, I'm excited to see what happens here because like, I can't really feel figure out if the Pelicans are getting ready to blow everything up and start over or if they're just putting the band back together and trying to add a few pieces to it. But I guess we'll know in about five hours. Yeah, well, I mean, to some extent, it's partially been torn down already. Eric Bledsoe and Steven Adams are gone. But it's like, are you not planning to build around? You have three clearly good young pillars to build around there, Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Zion Williamson. I mean, you got to be careful who you give... 80 or 100 million dollars too but to me he's he's good enough to keep at at something in that ballpark you know I, I would be matching those offers if i was new orleans but i'm not running an nba team eric bledsoe Whew. that was that was a rough that was a rough experiment and if eric bledsoe leaves the pelicans does a tree fall in the woods is there noise associated with that i don't if Eric Bledsoe leaves the Pelicans and a tree falls in the forest, does the tree make a sound? I don't know. I don't know if it well. We'll... Does an angel get its wings? I don't, I don't know. Okay, just a few quick hits, Steve. And I've been checking NBC Sports Edge while we've been sitting here to make sure that nothing monstrous has happened while we're sitting down recording this. And it has not. So everything monstrous will happen after we record, of course. But just a few quick hits. John Collins, another restricted free agent, according to Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report, and I believe Adrian Wojnarowski during the draft, there is optimism that Collins is going to be signing 
a deal to stay in Atlanta when free agency begins. Uh, Jake Fisher from Bleacher Report, I believe, had that as a deal that could top $120 million for five years, which is a key number for me because I think a lot of fans would feel like oh, four years, $125 million or something like that is too much. But you get that fifth year in there, I think we are talking. What are your thoughts? Well, I, we've come a long way because for a minute there, it looked like Collins was, was all but gone. And then the Hawks had that nice playoff run. He was certainly a big part of what what they did in the playoffs and a big part of what they're going to do in the playoffs if they can keep him. It sounds like the Spurs may make a pretty hard run at John Collins. We'll have to see. But I do feel like we're at the point now where Collins is going to be back in a Hawks uniform next season, which is which is awesome based on where we were when talks fell apart last time. Yeah. And by the way, we talk we talk in the same context about Lonzo Ball. You know, it feels like these guys have been around for a while, Collins and Lonzo Ball. But Collins, I believe, is also only 23 years old, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, he is. And it feels like they've been around for a while, but they really haven't been around that long. It, it's weird. Yeah, Collins, I think fantasy-wise, you're probably looking at a similar b- blueprint where we all, and by we all, I mean I overdrafted him last year. But I think you can kind of settle him into that top 50 role with the Hawks being a deeper and better team. I think he is a solid, serviceable fantasy option in like the fourth round of your league. But we can kiss goodbye the days of 20 and 10, the way this Hawks roster is currently constructed. Were you taking uh, Johnny Collins at the end of round one last year? (laughs) I love I can't tell you how happy it makes me every time we have this conversation, because every time you're like, were you taking John Collins in the first round? Second round, Steve. I took him the second round. It still didn't work out, but no, not the first round. I don't know. I need to go back. I need to pull some tape. You don't need to, but feel free if you really want to. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Just remember people like, why is Straub so high on John Collins? He's not that good. And then we were like, yes, he is. John Collins is great. And then he was tough. He, He if you overdrafted Johnny Collins last year, it was a little tough because I think we were all expecting 2010 and, and just him to ball out. But like you said, and not even really his fault. I mean, it's the way the Hawks are set up, not really for John Collins to be be that first round beast. I think fourth round. He was a first round beast the season prior when the Hawks were not good. And then obviously the depth changed everything. And I th- he kind of had a DeAndre Ayton fantasy season where he was taken in like the second round of a lot of leagues and was good, close but closer to top 50 than what you needed and expected. So similar, different numbers, but similar outcomes for both of those guys last year. And I think a similar blueprint moving forward, although based on my knowledge, based on our conversations, you're going to be taking DeAndre Ayton at about pick 13 in your drafts. Third pick. Okay, third pick. After Luca and Trey, Ayton? Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Then MPJ. Then <laughs> let's see. You probably bumped Boucher down to about ten after his turbulent season. Don't forget Christian Wood, baby. Christian Wood fifth. Okay, I got. I got your draft board right here. Moses Brown gonna be my sixth round pick. Okay. Okay. Oh, I thought sixth overall pick is what we're talking. No, I thought we were doing your draft board. Well, Moses Brown is Moses Brown is sixth round. Okay, a few other names to hit before we go, Steve. Ian Begley of SNY reports there's mutual interest between Evan Fournier and the Knicks. I bring that up because I think that could be interesting fantasy-wise. The Knicks, are you shaking your head at me? The Knicks are a team with a need for a wing, and I just feel like Fournier actually might be in a good spot if that happens. Gross. Didn't Fournier hit a huge shot in the Olympics? He led the 
France to that win, I believe, over the United States. Fournier did play well in the win over the United States. Yes. Uh, he's 29. He's going to be 29. He was a absolute bust with Celtics last season. Definitely with the Celtics, but he was pretty useful. He was pretty useful when he was in Orlando, like a steals, threes, points, and get you a handful of assists guy. He was always kind of useful in uh, Orlando. I don't know, man. The Knicks. Uh, mm. I think Reggie Bullock is a free agent, so he could potentially slide into the Bullock role, and I think he's better at the Bullock role than Bullock is. I will give you that. Okay. I, I could see Evan Fournier becoming relevant again if he's in New York. I originally wrote Jason Richardson is a Celtic, but I, of course, meant to write Josh Richardson is a Celtic. Time is bending upon itself here on Round Ball Stew today. Josh Richardson is with Boston. Steve, we're done with him as a fantasy guy, right? I mean, it, it seems like not that long ago that we were like, man, Josh Richardson is like kind of a buzzy guy to take in drafts. He'd get you steals, blocks, threes. He was just kind of bad last year. Just one of those guys who maybe should have been on rosters, maybe shouldn't have been right on the fringe of being fantasy relevant in nine category leagues. I think I'm done. What are your thoughts? I overdraft Josh Richardson every single year. Jay Rich is one of my guys and it just never really comes all together. So he's, he's tough. He's out of Dallas. They've got Moses Brown. They've got 11 centers now to go with Luca and you know, Josh Richardson's one of those guys. But, I mean, now he's going to be dealing with Jalen Brown and Jay, you know, Jason Tatum. And I, yeah, I, I think it's, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you there. By the way, um, also some trade news from the past few days. I don't know if you noticed this one, Steve. DeLon Wright is reportedly headed to the Atlanta Hawks, your Atlanta Hawks, to presumably be the backup point guard to Trey Young. And, like, once again, DeLon Wright a dynamic fantasy player in the right situation has landed in a great real life situation, but not a good fantasy situation. No, but I mean, that's a good get for the Hawks, I think. And he, he's a good, good player to have in that backcourt with Trey young and, and be able to bring him off the bench. I, I think that's another savvy get by Schlink and the Hawks are making, it seems like when the Hawks make a move these, like these days, they make the right move. And also how crazy is it that, it went from looking like the Lakers were getting Buddy healed, and that was a done deal. And then all of a sudden, Russell Westbrook's going to the Lakers, and Buddy Heald's not going anywhere. And then the Hawks are pulling off a three-team trade to get DeLon Wright. Uh, that was that was pretty bizarre. And this Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Anthony Davis thing is going to be – I think that's going to be pretty fun. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, the, the Hawks ended up trading – Chris Dunn, Bruno Fernando, and maybe there was a second rounder in there for DeLon Wright. But when you look at that deal, they make out really well there. They did. And Tristan Thompson is going to go replace Rashawn Holmes, right? In Sacramento. Yeah, I think so. Oh, that's fantastic. If someone knows what the Kings are doing, maybe they could they could come let us know. <laughs> Ryan and I were talking about the Davion Mitchell pick at nine, which seems to be universally getting panned, not because of the player, but because of the fit. When they already have, you know, they still have healed. They have De'Aaron Fox. They have Halliburton, who they drafted last year. What exactly is going on? <laughs> <laughs> Sacramento, what is going on? It's a mess. And that's all I have, Steve, as far as my notes go. You know, all hell is going to break loose at like 6 p.m. today. So keep it tuned 
to NBC Sports Edge for all the updates you'll need on NBA free agency there. Steve, any parting thoughts from you before we get out of here? No, I'm just excited to see what the Mavericks are going to do to bring Luca some help. Also, Luca's little run through the Olympics has been pretty fun. I've been enjoying that. And yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how that all. Team USA, man, got a tough draw. They got to play Spain. And then the, if they win that, then they got to play, what, three, three and four, the winner of three and four. So they they've got a tough they've got a tough road to gold. Yeah, I think that's twelve forty Eastern Tuesday morning. Maybe that game, if I'm remembering correctly, I'm gonna try to stay up for that one. But we'll see if I succeed. It's gonna be tough, tough sledding. Lucas tonight at nine, I believe. Okay. Okay. Nice. Hopefully that's on TV. Well, I'm hoping I'll be putting on the John Collins jersey at six p.m. Eastern, Steve, when that news drops. I don't want as a Hawks fan. I don't want us to. Let's not wait. The longer we wait to ink that Collins contract, the scarier it gets with, you know, someone like the Spurs dialing a big offer. So I'm hoping that news drops at six and I can't wait to see what else happens. Me either. It's, it should be a fun day. Draft followed up by free agency. And then I guess we're diving straight into the draft guide and getting this new season ready to roll here pretty soon. Summer league on the horizon. It's going to be training camp in about 10 minutes here. So we better get cracking. Going to be busy. All right. Well, want to say don't forget to subscribe on apple podcast on spotify wherever you listen take a second to rate and review us as well we're going to be back here on friday to look at some of the fallout that happens after we record this so there should be a lot to talk about there want to say thanks to everyone for watching live with us on youtube and listening on the podcast steve thanks to you sir welcome back i'll talk to you soon bye y'all Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.